How you doing, church? Everybody doing good out there? Come on. And uh, how you like that, that little intro there? Aren't you waiting for T.J. Watt to come out? Yeah, and you got me. Come on, somebody. There we go. Courageous faith. We're in a, uh, you, if you're new here, we're in the middle of a series in the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. And all summer long, we're looking at the book of Joshua, and we're, we're building our faith. We're having courageous faith. Because after all, is there any kind of faith other than courageous faith? How many of y'all could use a boost to your faith in your personal life? Come on. I know I could. I need it. I've been so enjoying it this time. And, uh, but one of the things I've learned is there's no easy way to get faith. A while back, I was at a pirate game at PNC Park. I was with uh, several guys at a pirate game. It was a day game. So we got out probably about 4, 4.30, somewhere in there. And, and, and rush hour traffic was in full bloom at that point. And so um, as we got into the car, um, I quickly realized that there was no easy way out of Pittsburgh. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't do traffic real well. Is anybody like me out there? I see those hands. So, yeah, so I see pointing to people right there. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, hello. I, I'm one of those people. I mean, a lot of times I will go miles and miles out of my way just to avoid being stopped for a couple minutes. And uh, I just did that the other day. I drove 45 miles when I could have drove 20, but I kept moving. Come on, somebody. And um, so I was in traffic, and I was bound and determined to find a quicker way home. And so I kept trying every which way. I knew every way I could. I knew every way I could. Finally, I conceded, and I just followed the GPS, the God positioning system. And I just said, you know what? Maybe it does know the best way. I'm just going to be patient and go the way it tells me to go. How many of y'all know that the longest distance between two points is what? A shortcut. That's right. A shortcut's going to, that's the longest distance. And I, and I sometimes I, I want a shortcut, but God doesn't want to give us shortcuts. He wants to do a work in our hearts. And that's what faith is all about. And as we look at the story in Joshua chapter 5 today, and then we're going to look at the whole chapter 5 today in the book of Joshua, if we're going to look and see, it's like, it, it, there's no shortcuts. Sometimes God does his best work when he has us right where he wants us, when he wants us, and that's where he does, does his work. And that's what we're going to learn today. And that's what we're going to grab a hold of today. So here we go. Here's the big idea. The big idea today is this, is courageous faith. Courageous faith is established by the removal of our flesh, the reflection on the covenant of God, and the recognition of Jesus as our commander. That's right, the removal of flesh, reflection on the covenant of God, and the recognition of Jesus as our commander. That's just a little outline for chapter 5. Just want to help you remember Joshua 5 and be practical on a Monday through Saturday basis here. I'm so glad that I belong to a faith community. You know, that's what really Bridge City Church is. We're a community of faith. We're, we're, we're a community that steps out in faith, that, that wants to live our faith on a day-by-day -day basis. And so whenever you say, I want to live by faith, what you're saying is, I like challenges. Well, maybe I, know I like challenges, but there's going to be challenges. Come on. Because if there wasn't challenges, you wouldn't need faith. 
There it is. So here we are going to look at in, in Joshua chapter 5, verse 1, God's people, the Israelites, just crossed the Jordan River. They just crossed the Jordan River, and they were camped, and they were about to go into the promised land. So here it is in verse 1, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings who lived along the Mediterranean coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan River so the people could cross, they lost heart and were paralyzed with fear because of them. I mean, couldn't you imagine? They just were in a point right here where their enemies were paralyzed with fear. I mean, they had it going on. It'd be like, if there was ever a time to march forward, let's go. Let's go get them. Let's roll. Let's make it happen. But how many of y'all know that God has a different plan than we have? So let's go on and look at verse 2. At that time, the Lord told Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the second generation of Israelites. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel. Verse 4, Joshua had to circumcise them because all the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died in the wilderness. That's right. Listen, Listen, God had a different idea. He pressed pause. He said, wait a minute. Before you go on to experience the promises of God, there's something you need to know here. This is it. Now, they, they crossed the river at not the best military advantage. They crossed it, and then they ended up right at the base of Jericho, which was a fortified city that the Canaanites there were known for their fighting abilities. In Joshua... God said to do something that was totally illogical. Circumcise all the males. Now, I'm going to get into what that means, but think about this. Joshua had, to, had, had this. He, he had to go and sit, sit down the elders and say, this is what God told me to do. And then all the elders had to say, okay, this is a good idea. And then he had to go and communicate to the 40,000 warriors there, this is what God said to do. Now, how many of y'all, like, no, really, just think about that. It's like, who said to do this? No, think about this. I mean, really, this is, this is real life happening here. This is like, are you serious, Joshua? Not only did you bring us to the worst possible place we could be at the base of a camp from Jericho here, now you want to put us at a dif- disadvantage where we can't fight. Like, whose idea was this? See, Joshua was this. Joshua was not concerned. He was, he, he, convenience and safety was not his first concern, but his first concern was obedience. And may I make a suggestion also that Joshua, he was not trying to please the people, but he was trying to please God. See, if we're going to be a courageous people, our first concern should be how can we please God? How can I be in obedience to him? I need to listen to Joshua. I need to listen to the elders. I need to listen to the direction here because this is what's most important here. So, 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 so they're, they're, they're at this military outpost. And, and Joshua has this idea. It's like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do now? So he did what God told him to do. This is so important here. If we're going to experience courageous faith, we have to be willing to put all of our lives in a vulnerable 
transparent and humble place. That is the basis of faith. I believe what God was saying is that you're not going to get the victory by logic. You're not going to get the victory just by more strategy in your mind. We're going to get the victory of God by trusting in God. Complete dependence on Him. There's going to have to be a removal of the flesh in order to get to the things of God here. Now, now let's talk about circumcision here. In Acts chapter 7 verse 8, it's referred to as the covenant of circumcision. That's right, there's a covenant involved that goes all the way back, Genesis 12, 14. It's mentioned 17, 32. It's mentioned in several places here. It goes back to Abraham, and it was a covenant with God's people. Circumcision was a sign of consecration to and a covenant with God. It was consecration, that means separated to, to God, and it was a covenant with God. That's right, covenant. We don't use this term a lot, but that's what it was here. It, it, and when an Israelite did this, it was saying that we are not like other people. We follow and we obey God. It was a significant sign here. Actually, other pagan nations adopted circumcision as a part of their religious rites, but they didn't do it until you were older, right before you got married. What, listen, many times what you're going to find in culture are that they mimic what Christians do. They mimic it. Not to make fun of, it's like they want to have something to do with religiosity, but they don't want the value behind it. And we as God's people, we need to realize that God wants us to live in a place of complete dependence upon him. And we, and we have a sign that says, we belong to God. That's what's most important. In the New Testament, it was this. There was a putting off of the flesh. That's right, your past life, your sinful life, the way you used to live. That's right, I'm going to put those things off and I'm going, to, I'm going to grab a hold of what God wants here. It's also called, in the New Testament, the circumcision of the heart. That's right, our hearts are circumcised. Everything's removed. Our flesh, our desires, our selfishness, all get submitted to God so that we can be free to be followers of Jesus Christ. That's what this is communicating. This is how our faith is established. We submit ourselves to God in bold obedience and radical obedience. Now, I'm going to say something about circumcision, and, 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 and it may sound a little distasteful, but just bear with me here. And I, circumcision, the removal of flesh in your life, the removal of your old sinful ways, in symbolic, what we're talking about. You could do it yourself, but you won't. That's why we need one another in trusted, vulnerable, transparent, and humble relationships. Yes, we do. I am so thankful for the people in my life that can speak to me truthfully, look me in the eye and communicate things that are truthful and honest because it's the removal of my flesh. It's putting off of my selfishness. It's putting off of those things so that I can be useful for God and have a courageous faith before God. So my willingness to submit 
My willingness to do those things helps me understand true courageous faith. That's why relationships are so vital in our lives. That's so important. We, listen, we say, I'm gonna, I, I can process this on my own. I can do this on my own. But in reality, we don't. Why? Because courageous faith is established by, it's the removal of our flesh, our sinful lives. Number two here, it's the reflection on the covenant of God. Verse 7 Joshua 5. So Joshua circumcised their sons, those who had grown up, and, and, and take their father's place. For they had not been circumcised on the way to the promised land. Now, what he does in verse 9, the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has been called Gogal. That's what Gogal means. In the Bible, cities and places typically have very significant meanings. And Gogal is a place that they rolled away the shame. Aren't you thankful that God has rolled away the shame from our lives? That's called the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where we get our shame rolled away. That's where all our past gets done with. That we are free to be followers of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for that place. I really, really am. This is significant. Joshua did as they planned. And now let me speak to your hearts right here because I believe that there's many people here right now in this moment. See, God's people, the Israelites, they weren't circumcised in the desert at all. It didn't take place. So they had to reestablish a covenant with God. That's the covenant right there. But they were out of bondage, out of captivity, out of a place of, uh, of sin. They crossed the Jordan but they still weren't experiencing all the promises of God. This is where many of us are here today. We're out of bondage, but we haven't experienced all the promises yet. And I want to speak to your hearts today that God has promises for you and for your family. He has promises for, that, he, that he's given us in his word that we can have and you can have and we can have together. Church, this should excite us that there's more promises that he has. See, there's a covenant of God. This is a covenant relationship. God is a God of the covenant. At Bridge City Church, we are a people of covenant. That's what Brandy was sharing this morning. Not only a covenant with God in our finances, but we're covenant people. We don't use that terminology anymore in our culture. But it's, it's a biblical terminology. It's covenant. This is so important here. What does covenant mean? See, covenant is an established relationship. That's where two people agree on something. But it, what it, the difference between a contract and a covenant is a covenant has God involved. The next part of covenant is this, is that there's always a third-party beneficiary. So that means if you and I have a covenant together, that if we're doing our ends of the covenant together before God, there will be a third-party beneficiary. The results of our covenant together, our covenant giving, our covenant sacrifice, our covenant generosity, we partake in the people that were in Guatemala that received ministry from our team. They were the beneficiaries of our covenant. This week, when we do our Pittsburgh mission trip, and Natalie and I, we're going to participate. We're, we participate because at Bridge City Church, we are a church that believes in training and equipping and empowering. 
So I want to be trained. I want to be equipped. I want to learn more. That's what we do. But the the third-party beneficiary is not just so that we can have more knowledge, but that more people can be spiritually transformed. See, there's a third-party beneficiary. Natalie and I have a covenant relationship of marriage. The third-party beneficiary is our children. See, that's that's the result of our covenant of marriage and the result of that. Okay. Not only that, our culture and our society is better off when there's God-fearing, God-honoring marriages. See, what I'm trying to communicate is covenant is not so that you and I can have more security. It's a blessing for others. There's a blessing in our lives being joined together that has so much more than just your, you and me making sure that we, we dot our I's and cross our T's. This is covenant. And people that have courageous faith, listen, they understand covenant. They understand that it's established by the removal of the flesh, but the covenant of God. Verse 10. When the Israelites were camped at Gogal on the plains of Jericho, they celebrated Passover on the evening of the 14th day. Now, Passover. Passover was something significant that's found in the book of Exodus. God's people, the Israelites, they did this deal called Passover, and that's what got them released from Egypt. As a matter of fact, they had to take the blood of a lamb and place it on the doorpost of their house, and their home was safe. And they were safe from, from death. We have a covenant with God, okay, that from the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you and for me, okay, we, we now are delivered and we're free from the sting of death, from eternal death, and we can have life with God. I think that's exciting. Okay, so, so this Passover was significant because this is the first time that the Passover was done since the first time Passover was done. That means decades and decades and decades went by and they didn't do Passover. This is the first time you find it here. This is a significant moment. God is saying, I am a covenant God that I want you to reflect on. I want you to remember. Uh, Listen, uh, we can never think long and hard enough about the covenant of God and the Passover lamb and what we get from him. It's a reflection. Do you know what happens when we gather together today? And and, and, and what's, what's happened in, in the last like 51 minutes that we've been together, 56 minutes that we've been together. I don't know about you, but I've been, ref- been reflecting on the goodness of God. I listen to people to share covenant and my generosity and giving. I've listened to people share about their generosity and sacrificial living in a different country and what God did. I'm reflecting on God's goodness. How about you? The songs that we sang this morning helped me reflect on the goodness of God. What do these do? A people of courageous faith are reflecting on the goodness of God. They're reflecting on the covenants of God. They're reflecting on the word of God. You know, we, we don't reflect well in our, in our country and society much anymore. We don't stop long enough to think. Everything's go, go, go. Move, move, move. Work, work, work. Be tired, tired, tireder. But I'm telling you, this is, but we, we need to just slow down and reflect on the goodness of God. We need true rest. We need true peace. Let me just slow down. Let me grab a hold of the covenant 
of God. That's what this is about here. You know, now in the New Testament, we have communion. Communion really is, 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 is actually, in the New Testament, it, 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 I believe it's the Passover. In the Old Testament, they had the Passover. They did, they, they did that significant act. In the New Testament, we do it once a month here at Bridge City Church, and we remember. We remember the goodness of God. We reflect on that. People ask all the time, Pastor, why don't we do it every week? You know, because I, I don't want to do something that's just become so religious that we miss its meaning. So is that the only way to do it? No, it's just the way we do it. It's a way to reflect. It's a way to remember. That's what we do. You see, courageous faith is established by, first of all, the removal of our flesh. Second, we reflect on the covenants of God. But last but not least here, we recognize Jesus as our commander. Verse 13. Now, remember, all the men are healing up. Joshua was out. I believe personally, as I look at the scriptures, he was probably out amongst Jericho checking, hey, this is our first conquest. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Um, Pause. Don't you love when you're watching a a movie and it pauses for for an ad? You know, here we go. Here we go. It pauses right now. Listen, next week... Listen, you want to take all these, we've got to take this invitation and invite people to come with you next week at 1045, right here. We're going to be doing, the walls of Jericho are coming down next week. Come on. We're going to, we're going to be marching around, the, we're going to be marching next week. I know some of you are scared. Not everybody. We're just a select few are going to march, okay? But we're going to be marching. We're going to, the walls of Jericho are going to come down. We're doing Joshua chapter 6 next week at 1045. So, so you got to take this with you. Invite everybody you know. And then Brandy was right. Hamburgers and hot dogs next week for everybody who can stay awake for the full hour that we're together. Come on. Come on. Y'all with me? That's a good deal, isn't it? Come on. Yeah, lunch too. There we go. So you want to invite everybody, you know, take these with you. Invite people to come back with you here. But before we get to Joshua 6, let's finish up Joshua 5 here. Joshua 5. Joshua was near the town of Jericho. He looked up. Did you ever look up and it's like, whoa. Saw something he didn't see before. He saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you a friend or foe? I mean, he looked up. It's like, whoa. Did you ever look up? And it's like something's different there. It's like, are you a friend or foe? You got a sword in your hand. In verse 14, this is the response. Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? Oh, you can tell you had, you can tell you met Jesus and and you had an encounter with God because what do you want your servant to do? What do you want me to do? God, whatever you ask me to do. You want me to go back to Guatemala? You want me to go to Guatemala? You want me to go to Honduras? Just tell you. You want me to go to the Pittsburgh Ministry? I'm in. What do you want me to do? Just tell me, God. I'm in. That, you can tell you had an encounter with God. So Joshua, take this. a sword in his sword. Neither one. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. Aren't you excited that, that Jesus is the commander of his church? Listen, I mean, it's like, like Jesus is the commander. Jesus is going to Joshua here. He's communicating something so significant. Verse 15, the commander of the Lord's army said, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did 
as he was told. Many times we go to God and we want to know, God, are you on my side? Are you going to go with me? God, are you with me here? God, how many of you ever said, God, where are you? Come on, I have many times. God, where are you? And Joshua wanted to know, Gee, this commander, are you with me? You for me? You against me? What, what is it? And I believe what the commander of the army here, and I believe it's Jesus. I believe that. I believe it's Jesus communicating with a sword in his hand. Joshua, you need a warrior right now, and I'm the warrior you need. And I believe he's saying to him right now, it's not a matter of I on your side, but the issue is, is are you on mine? And for many of us here today, if we want to have courageous faith, we need to stop trying to ask God to be on our side and team up with him and say, God, I want to be in alignment with you. God, I just want to be in alignment with you. God, and that's what I believe Jesus is saying to him today. This isn't a matter of, 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 of are you there. No, are you, in, are, are you in alignment to me? Are you in alignment with what I want here? Joshua needed, reminded that there was a supernatural battle and he needed to get into full alignment with him. Jesus is not, he's the commander of the army. He's not the suggestion maker. He's not the opinionated one. He's not one way of many. He's the only one. He's the commander. He's the only way. It's his. That's what I believe he's communicating here. That's the significance here. You see those bumper stickers? You ever see the bumper stickers? Jesus is my co-pilot. Listen, if Jesus is your co-pilot, you need to switch places. You need to get out of that seat and let him in the commander's seat. Just give it a try. It's a beautiful, faith-filled thing. I'm not going to be in charge. Jesus is going to be in charge. I'm not going to do it my way. I want to do it his way. This is what courageous faith is built on. It's not built on logic. It's not always built on wisdom, but it's built in submission to his word here. That's what I believe that this angel of the Lord's army is saying. God doesn't take sides. He takes over. Yeah. What would your marriage look like if we stopped taking, asking God to take sides and saying, God, I want you to take over? What would your finances look like if you said, God, I'm no longer taking sides here or, or taking sides this to God you with me and say, God, I need you to take over? What would your friendships look like if it wasn't who's right and who's wrong, but God, I need you to take over? What would, be, what would it look like? I believe it would be established on, I would established on removal of the flesh, a reflection of the covenant, and a, and a recognition that Jesus is the commander. That's what this is about. So the question isn't, God, are you for us? But God's asking, are we with him? That's the issue. And so, so he goes on here and he says, okay, take off your, take off your shoes for where you're standing. His holy ground. Moses had a burning bush. Joshua had a moment where he met the, he met the, the, the warrior with a, with a sword. And I believe Jesus, the commander of the army, is before you today. Not me. He's here. And he's saying, this is holy ground. 
And he's saying, would you remove anything? Why do you have to remove his shoes? There's many reasons why. But I believe that one of them is, is because, listen, don't let anything separate you from the holiness of God. Jesus is saying, where you are is the land now that I am giving you. And there's promises of God that he has for you and wants you to have. And he wants to give you. And I believe there's promises that he has for your life that are found in the word of God that have yet to come come to pass. I believe God's going to do it, but it's going to take a removal of the flesh, a reflection on I'm in covenant relationship and Jesus wants to be the commander. Come on, if you're excited about the word today, stand to your feet with me right now. Come on, just stand to your feet with me. Come on. Listen, I am just so excited about courageous faith. God wants us to experience his promises. You know, what we wanted to do today as a, a, the, with the worship team and the leaders here is create a moment where there's holy ground here today. So we're going to worship just a little longer today. We're going to do a couple more songs and just do a couple, just, just a little while here. But you know what? We want to pray for you today. If, you, if there's any bit of the promises of God in your life that has not come to pass yet, we want to pray for you. If you, if, you're, if, you want, if you have a need physically, spiritually, relationally, financially, we have people that have prepared. We have six people that have prepared to pray for you today. Isn't that good? See, I don't just want you to come to church and sing a few songs. We want to speak to the need of your heart. We want you to leave with your faith stronger. And so we're going to sing a song together. And, and, and you're going to come up front. It's not, they're not going to line up up here and you go to them. We're going to respond and say this is holy ground. And we're going to sing a song about holy ground here and now. And as we worship God together, we, you're going to come up front. You're just going to stand here. And then they're just going to come by and they're going to pray for you. They're going to believe God for you. And then when we're all done with this, I'm going to come back and I'm going to pray as well. So, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would use this time as holy ground. Use this time as a moment right now, God, where your way, your way is most important way. For God, these people, these awesome people that are here today, get their needs met from you, and their courageous faith is established, and their faith, courageous faith is built, Lord. God, thank you for that. And if you're here today and you don't have a day, a moment, or a time when Jesus became the commander of your lives, the commander of your lives. You came to the right place because that's why we exist. And I believe that God wants to give you today is your day where you can say, Jesus, I want you to be the forgiver of my past and the leader to my future. You are the only way to the Father. And if you don't have a day or time, what you can do is you're gonna pick up one of those blue cards on the seats. You're gonna fill it out, put your name on there. And on the bottom, you're gonna say, I want Jesus Christ to be the forgiver of my past and the leader to my future. You're going to take that card, and on your way out, you're going to put it in a black offering basket in the back as a way of offering your life to God. And then we're going to pray for you and help you take your next step. But the rest of us, we're going to move out of our seats, and we're going to come forward and allow this to be a holy moment. Come on, so just begin to move out of your seats and just, just fill the front. Just in any way, you just say, I just need faith. I'm not experiencing the promises of God. And you just come up and worship. And then there's a team, there's a assigned people that will pray for you. Their assignment is from, from the church. They're, they're under authority. So just let's just begin to create a holy place right here. Come on, let's just begin to move out of our seats. Whatever it is, men and women, let's just flood the front. 
And let's allow this to be a holy moment. In Jesus' name, amen.